Here's the pitch. It's a slow curve low, and the babe swings. It's a long one, a long one going out toward right center. Sting was backing up against the wall. He can't get it. It's in there. Another home run for the Bambino. So the babe hits his second homer. What up, everybody? It's your boy, Cousin Oz, the People's Mailman, back for another episode with Cousin Tony the Architect. Now, you heard it. It was the crack of the babe's bat, and that can only mean one thing. Time to take another trip down memory lane with everyone's favorite vintage card collector, Corky, on another episode of Corky's Corner. Now, our featured set is the 1953 Bowman Color and black and white baseball set, considered one of the most beautiful sets of baseball cards ever produced. So let's get it cracking. Hey, yo, Tone, take it away, cuz. All right, all right, Cousin Tone, we are here with everyone's favorite vintage collector, my man, C-Money. Corky back for another episode of Corky's Corner. How you doing, brother? Welcome back, man. How you been? Not bad, guys. Glad to see us both. Glad to see us both. I mean... This is our first venture into doing this over the internet, so to speak. So it should be interesting. should be fun to do. But um, I'm excited to talk about this set we're going to talk about, guys. Excellent, excellent. Before we get talking about the set, I just wanted to say, let everybody know that uh, Cousin Oz, finally the bondages, you know, the shackles are off. My uh, daughter finally, you know, I walked her down the aisle, had the wedding on Saturday. So, uh, you know, no more money being spent on that. Of course, it's going to, you know, my wife. Obviously, wants my money. Congratulations, but, by the way. You know what I mean? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate awesome. that. Everything, everything went smooth, man. It, it was beautiful. You know, laughed, cried, danced. Uh, you know, which is something we'll talk about. Uh, maybe not today, but you know, a little bit in the future, you might see uh, see something nice on Instagram. Tony knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm still. I, I didn't even get the sneak peek. You know, I mean, heaven, heaven forbid. You know, we we got this whole big Hollywood production going on. Hey, going hey, on. hey! If you're gonna do it, you gotta do it right. You <laughs> know, what I mean, for those of you who don't know, like I said, we had a, uh, you know, obviously the wedding, but it was the daddy daughter dance, the 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 last dance <clears throat> before I hand her over, uh, you know, to her husband. And it was just one of those choreographed numbers. We had, you know, I think it was like five or six songs that we. We busted it out, you know, so I went back to, you know, old school days when I used to be able to dance. Um, so it was fun. It was fun. And they they had a videographer there. So he he's going through the motions now, making sure it, it looks good. All the, the bells and whistles. So once it's all said and done, you know, if you all want to check it out, it'll be up on Cousins Collectibles, the Instagram. Nice. Nice. I'm just glad that you are are walking. You're not in a wheelchair. You didn't pull no hammies, <laughs> twisted, no, you know, no knee, nothing. So, you know, bro, that's kudos. awesome. There was a couple times I was, <laughs> and I, that was the main thing, you know, I'm, I am a mailman, so I need my legs and Corky, you know how this is because your knees oh, are pretty true. bad. Um, so uh, the main thing when my yeah, daughter brought it up are. about a year ago, I was like, uh, if, I, if I tear an ACL doing some, you know, Michael Jackson or something stupid, <laughs> MC Hammer or something <laughs> stupid, I was like, man, I'm going to kick your butt. She's like, no, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So I was like, all right, all right. So how'd you feel the next thank day, God. kid? How'd you feel the next day? Dude, I was dancing. I, it, it wasn't just that dance. I danced all night. Like, once you get me out on the floor, I'm not coming off. So it was, yeah. you know what I mean? From like. Were you feel? Were you feeling it the next day? I, oh, my God. My feet were killing me, bro. I was in them taco. <laughs> you know what I mean? Them shoes was because I rented the tux. So they just give you the size 11s. I put them on. Oh. It was cool for the first five minutes. And after that, them things were digging into my oh. ankles and everything. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like those old school roller blades you use, those roller skates you use when you go roller yes, skating. Yes, you yes. Your feet. Oh, that's when brutal. I finally got home and took them puppies off. I was like, "Woo, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome." But uh, yeah, reason we are here, obviously, like I said, Corky's Corner. So each time we have a Corky's Corner, we go over, uh, you know, a vintage baseball set, and um, you know, today we're going to be actually discussing one of the most beautiful card sets that was ever created. Um, that's the 1953 Bowman baseball card set. So Corky, give us a quick rundown about this set and what makes it so special. Well, it's the first set ever produced massively, um, criteria that it's just a full color picture. Um, I shouldn't say just color. There's a part, so part of the set is only in black and white. Well, I should say two sets is black and white. The other part is color. And, um, it's just a, plain picture there is no bells and whistles at all on this card it's just a picture of the player 
like here, I'll give an example of black and white for those watching on YouTube. Um, if not, I'll explain. It's just a clear picture mm-hmm. of a player. And um, that's it. Sometimes, I mean, and it's just a portrait. They're super cool looking, um, totally different than what anybody was used to seeing at the time. It was, it was a big jump. I've talked to, well, we talked off air and stuff with Oz and Tone. And I said, the best way to describe it for you, people, the younger collectors that are younger, no offense, meant is if you look at, here's a color version on the YouTube channel, if you want to see, mm-hmm. um, is I would equate it to Stadium Club. Um, if you guys know what Stadium Club cards look at, they're known for the photography. For the, that's would be the drastic difference from what you collected back then to what you saw now. Totally crazy, different stuff, but that's seems to be what the attraction is today. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah, definitely. Um, like when you're you're talking about the stadium club, that that just brings back, you know, memories to when I was growing up. And and the, like you said, the photography on those cards was unbelievable. It's like nowadays you got these prism cards that it's just a photo, you know, Photoshop, you know, <laughs> players coming out of oh. college, they'll just throw a uniform on them and it'll just be their picture in, you know, inside the little prism thing. And it's like, you know, you know, you they, know the they... first, yeah, exactly. And you know, the first thing you saw the bait, everything for some reason, no offense to any other sport, but baseball is always the first thing that gets tried. Like it was stadium club baseball, than the other sport, but looking at that first stadium club basketball stuff, is unbelievable like coming in from the outside with i mean it's just it's just great that one and i know this is the worst of the four sports stadium stadium club hockey when tops had it's mm-hmm. with the it, it's just it's breathtaking you're looking mm-hmm. at this stuff and the problem unfortunately to the secondary market there's no real value to that early stuff it's not worth much at all but the photography in those is second to none i don't know if you guys have seen much of it or not i wish i had some we can do that another day, mm-hmm. but this is the closest thing in the early fifties. This would have drawn that kind of attention if right. the collecting world was what it is today. So the, these, these cards, like you said, there there's, it's like almost no frills, but the, the actual, you know, photography that's on there is just beautiful. So it really doesn't need anything. You got the white border and then you have, uh, you know, these pictures of these players and it's just, it's gorgeous, you know, from the Mickey Mantle and, you know, the Pee Wee Reese, which we'll get into, you know, the first action, you know, sh- shot photo on, you know, at horizontal at that, um, you know, so there's a lot of innovations with this set. And, you know, back in the day, from what I'm hearing, it's, it, it just wasn't popular. Tops was out selling, you know, the uh, the Bowman set, you know, what, three to one almost when it when it came to that. And now that we look back and we compare the two. You know, most collectors are like, yeah, this this 1953 Bowman, it, it's it's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful card sets ever created. And when you look at it, it, it really is. Um, so give me a, a quick breakdown. So it's like, how many cards is it? And then um, you said there was actually two sets? Yeah, it seems to be, and I'm sure Tone's going to break into that a little bit as we get along here. It seems that there was 160 cards of the color version let's say there's two separate sets because they're numbered separately mm-hmm. they look exactly the same the backs look exactly the same but there's one to two to 160 is the color version then there's a group of one to 64 of black and white versions um as tone's going to get into shortly when we talk about this it seems like the finances were the reason that they had the black and whites then because at the time this color photo system was extremely expensive to do. So to make more cards, I have a feeling, well, Tone will know more from his information he's been digging up, that it was more about like the last 64 cards, it was cheaper to make them in black and white. So that's what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and that's exactly what they did. So so piggybacking off of that tone, let, let's get into it. Let, let's get not only into why they went into black and white and you know the card set itself. Let, let's talk about the man, you know, Mr. Bowman, the creator, Jacob Warren Bowman. This dude, from what you're telling me, was a straight pimp. And I'm literally. <laughs> That's beautiful. That And that is no joke. So give me give me some information on this dude. Hmm. Yeah. And, that, and that's been my favorite part of researching this set. It's not even so much. I mean, the cards is cool. I mean, they're iconic. And, and you're, you're going to get into, you know, why that is. But in digging into this, I'm like, you know. Mr. Bowman, Mr. Bowman, 
to equate somebody like if you just saw the recent HBO winning time with Jerry Buss. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Very, <laughs> you know, it says in most of my information and, and I always say like this is at some point, you know, if you're a hobbyist, take a look at this book and it's called The Bubblegum Card War by mm. Dean Hanley. And it talks, you know, about the basically the the bubblegum card war. It was uh, you know, cards, sports cards between tops and bowmen and how they pretty much went to war. I mean, these guys were in court multiple times and all that stuff. So tons of cool information in that book. But getting back to Bowman, um, basically what didn't this guy do? He was car salesman, uh, a cop, you know, a police officer. That didn't last too too long because he got caught with a bunch of girls in his car. So um <laughs> that's, that's so uh, that um you know he was he was Laying down the law, I guess. Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you, might put it that way. you know, I no pun intended. That, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but um, what's crazy is, and then you know, he gets busted, you know, by his boss or whatever, and then gets rid. You know, he's get, you know, gets the boot from there. He, he's 18 years old, goes off to Mexico, and then and then, and then this is crazy because this is the sign of the times. Like these kids at 15, 16, 17 are entrepreneurs and just doing stuff to, I guess you know you had to eat. So yeah. But, um, you know, he goes off to Mexico, makes some kind of uh, like a laundry thing that he was washing clothes for for the people working the oil fields. Hmm. You know, did that for a little bit. Eventually, he ends up in Philly with like 20 bucks in his pocket <laughs> and somehow forms a gum company that then now, you know, later turns into, you know, the, the at the time. I mean, he, he was number one for a while. You know what I mean, like they were they were kicking tops, butt. But this dude was wild, man. I mean, just like you said, playboy, um, over the top. So when you said about running out of money, you know, who knows where that money went? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, we we can imagine. I know where I know where it went. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's um, it, it's been wild, you know, researching this guy, and, and I actually want to dig into him more because the, the book touches on him briefly. But I'm pretty sure that you know, there's somewhere on, on the internet that has probably more more facts about him and, and what he yeah. was truly about. That could definitely be a movie. That could definitely be a movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now the cards itself. I mean, I know a, a nice little fun fact, like this was the first time baseball cards actually had stats on the back, right? Yep. Yeah. It was the first time they had stats. Cause before that, all the Bowman cards and, and um, court, well, not in this set, but I, we showed before they had just advertisements on the back. And with this set, they, put the stats and then they left a blank space so that the kids could fill in the stats for 1953. Nice. So, hey, you know. Cork, do you, do, can you get one of those cards? Like we could show oh, the, yeah, absolutely. the YouTubers. And, and, and here's it's a trip. The example. Here's the example. What I was going to say is they look exactly the same. Both the black and white and the color have the same type of back. And right. if you can see that, if you can focus. Right. Corky's flashing it up now. So it has, you know, it's the back of the card and it has stats. Yeah, and the then, bottom row is completely blank. Thank <laughs> goodness for me. But um, <laughs> right, right, yeah, because they were encouraging the kids to deface the card. Right. But um, <laughs> I, yeah. I would love, I would definitely love to see a card that just had the stats for whatever particular player it was at the time. Like maybe the whole set, or just mm. a kid that just put the whole <laughs> anything. Mm. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, yeah, oh, I know. Well, there was one I saw one today. It's off the beaten track a little bit. Somebody put it on um, Facebook's Well Loved. Then you know that group we talk about. Yeah. Um, 1974 has a card called Jesus, it's Jesus Alou. He's an outfielder, and there's an error that's maybe a ten dollar card that um, they forgot to put a position in. There's no position. Like it says outfield in the top corner around the flag. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there, so the kid wrote outfield in it. <laughs> 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 now it has its now it's fixed but nice what are you, what are you gonna do you know crazy yeah. crazy so getting up into the set then corky like give me some like of the chase cars the most desired cards well, you know we talked about Wee reese like give, give me some of the the goods of, of what this this the, set has to offer well i'll start with the black and white set um there's only 64 cards in that set and that's considered one of the easiest cards to put together on a limited budget. I mean, a set, I should say, if you want to put it together. Um, they're Even though they are relatively scarce, so to speak, they're not astronomically costing. And if you want to buy, if you want a lower condition, if you don't care too much about condition, 
there's only really three cards in a mint in a higher condition price that are even over a hundred dollars. That's the Bob Lemon, which I do not have. Um, another one is, um, let me look here quickly. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I forget. There's three. Oh, Hoyt Wilhelm, who at the time wasn't really even known. He's one of the greatest closers of all time. <laughs> okay. Like a closer before they really even had closers. He was mostly really? relief his whole career. Played till he was almost, I think, almost 50 years old. Looks okay? like he's 15. <laughs> I know. And, I, and, I, and he only came up when he was like 29. He played to 71. Wow. Like he has a 70, he has a 72 card, which is, it's, it's unbelievable. Hmm. Um, him and one of the most charismatic and famous managers of oh, Bob Lemon. I didn't, I don't have that. And there's only one other card. Now I have it in a, let's just say, well loved condition. <laughs> but the only other, for a better term, one of the better cards in the set, which I think I, here it is, um, in the black and white, is a Casey Stengel. Not many of those. Mm-hmm. That one books in a good condition that supposedly books, you know, books relative, of course, $350. But okay. in that condition, it's not. You could honestly put this set together in low condition for, I'd say, between six to $700, maybe, maybe the, if you wanted, and have fun doing it. There's only 64 cards. It's not that hard. You know, and you'd have an early 50s complete set if that's what you're into. Um, the color ones are going to be more expensive. There's a bunch of key cards. There's a bunch of, would you say, um, trend-setting type cards? Like we talked about the Pee Wee Reese. Um, there's a lot of stars. There's a Phil Rizzuto, Richie Ashburn. I'll mention. There's no, there's no high-end rookies, which okay. is nice. Okay, there's no high-end rookies, which pushes the price astronomical. That's not occurring here. But there is a bunch of the stars of the day. There's a Stan Musial, as you had mentioned earlier. I think it's the last card of Stan Musial until you get to 58 yeah, tops. 58. Yep. And that's where we can get into. We're talking about players making exclusive contracts, being in court, all kinds of junk like that. There's an early Nellie Fox, another Hall of Famer. Um, I'm just looking here. One of the best cards of all time. Um, if we want to talk about it now, let's just get the elephant out of the room here. Um, <laughs> this is this card is the first real known action photo card in a major and so- major sports card set. Um, it's a beautiful card. And ironically, it's the only card that's not really a true photo, a true color photo like we talked about. It's a black and white photo colorized, which is the old system they used mm-hmm. before that year. But when you see it, it's an actual uh, iconic card. Hmm. Um, it's the 1953 Pee Wee Reese. It's extremely expensive for the player. Um, it's one of the most sought after cards of the 50s considered one of the most beautiful cards ever made so um, that's a that's a horizontal and pv reese is jumping in the air and what and what is he is that a double play what was he trying it to do looks there? like it's looked like he's trying to turn a double play the guy slid in mm-hmm. remember like All they right. have the name metal spikes look how high up he is yeah um and for those of you who might not have heard of pv reese he was a trendsetter in many ways. Um, back then, obviously, Jackie Robinson broke in with the Brooklyn Dodgers. That's who Pee Reese plays for or played for. Um, and he's a Southern boy. Pee Reese is from Kentucky. Um, Elkton, Kentucky. So, obviously, we know underlying circumstances with um, players of color coming in the league. Some didn't want to mm-hmm. or not. And fans were really on Jackie Robinson when he started. So, in the middle of the game, Pee Wee Reese went over, put his arm around him. It's an iconic photo. I think there's a, I think there's actually a, a statue of it out in LA. I'm not sure. Don't hold me to that, but somewhere there's one of him doing that and showing that, Hey, he's one of us and trying to alleviate right. the tension that was being brought to him the first year he played. So there's a lot of things about him and they be, they were friends the rest of their lives. They, awesome. they were close friends till both past, I mean, years ago, obviously. Yeah. Um, back to the set. Sorry to ramble on that one. No, that's but, not rambling. I mean, that, that's, just, that's something you need to know. Yeah, you know, that's, that's honesty, important. bro. That that stuff that happened back in the day that you, you know, a lot of people try to swipe it under the rug, but it's just facts, you know. And I mean, for, for fact, I mean, to do what he did, you know. One, of you, and here's I hate to say it from where we're at, 
But, I mean, if you watch the movie 42 or any stories at all about Jackie Robinson, one of the worst places to be was Philly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, Philadelphia yeah. was one of the worst places for yep. him to be. You know, yep. um, Larry Doby's in this set. Um, another famous um, breaking the barrier player. Uh, Roy Campanella is in this set. Um, and, well, mine looks like it was cut with a machete that Oz has. But <laughs> another... another uh, for lack of uh, what's the word to use, um, iconic card from this set. It's one of the most sought after examples of him, other than obviously the 52 and his rookie, is the 53 color. I'm putting this up here for YouTube right. viewers as well. Um, the 53 Mickey Mantle, nice. um, because it's him and his swinging the bat pose, which mm -hmm. is rare to get for some reason. A lot of times it's just a photo, like a big mug and stuff, but right. that's kind of a cool card. And again, the simplicity of the cards, it seems to be what makes them so attractive to everyone. You know, I don't know what you guys think, but um, yeah, I, I mean, that that's well, that's what it is. It's like there's no distraction with other things on the card. It's like this is the player. I mean, it doesn't even have the guy's name on it. It's a straight photo. I'll tell you, you I would mean? love. To, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. How cool would it be if they busted out a basketball set like this? Right. And like a heritage, like there's Topps Heritage, which guys now are watching this, guys and girls, I should say, know what Topps Heritage is. They could bust this to any sport and make a fortune. They made a set like that, and they have to have some stuff to pull on. It doesn't have to be $3,000 a set that get this craziness. Sure. They pull something like that that's like this with some action photos. I bet you it'd do pretty decent. It would be something so. off the wall. It'd be something different, you know? Yeah, I was about to say, it'll break the mold a little bit. Like I said, you know, it's just right now we're looking at, you know, just – player cuts or or photoshops of you know exactly i so, mean so real robin quick, the, roberts the, the tops you said the tops were more popular at the time i know we had spoken before and you mentioned something about that the tops did have all the bells and whistles so why were the kids more interested in the tops cars than opposed as opposed to the artwork of the 53 honestly we really don't know i mean let's be honest they were hurting for money mm-hmm Television started to come out, radio ads. Who knows if Tops was cornering the market on marketing? Maybe they were shoving ads down people's throats, and Tops and Bowman was shoved in the corner behind the grapefruits. You don't know. I mean, and oh, I heard of Tops. I heard of Tops. I mean, it might not be a better quality, but right. if you hear it enough, you're going to think it is, correct? I mean, that's marketing, right? So, yeah. similar to say when somebody's grading their card. We could say PSA, 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 you know, right, but right. you know, you got SGC, you got Beckett, you got, you know, these other card companies. Those that other do... two card companies are just as good, if not better than PSA. Right. But everybody wants PSA. Right. Yeah. I, I have to say, I'm starting to see a little bit of shift going to SGC, especially for vintage. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm starting to see a big shift in that because yeah. I think they're, they like how strict they're being with the stuff in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, and they're um and they're affordable and and there's like you said and they're starting to um it's they're not being seen as a Mickey Mouse. I mean, they've been grading vintage forever. Right. So now it's like, you know, they put some respect on that name. <laughs> and so. I just like and I like the way they look in that black background. That the, yeah. the, the thing, it just looks so cool. One yeah. other thing when it comes to this set, I forgot. Now, I only have one example, but the combination cards with having two players on one picture, this is Billy Martin and Phil Rizzuto. And looks like somebody put their coffee cup on it, I think, at some point. <laughs> but <laughs> there it is. And this, so was, this, was, this was the first time that we saw combo cards, correct? I think I can't think of any other time. Right. I mean, the next year in 54 Tops, there's a cool card with the O'Brien brothers. They're twins. Mm -hmm. I think they're twins. I, I know they're brothers, at least. They have them on the same card instead of having separate cards. It's kind of cool. But that was in yeah. Tops, you know. Um, the other big money card from this set I do not have, which is Yogi Berra, Mickey Mantle, and Hank Bauer. And then on that, didn't you see something about examples of equipment they use on that card or something? Yeah, it was like <laughs> in reading this book, it was saying about the set that you got to see if you look at the cars, is you, you even we, when we were looking at it before, you're like, oh, I hadn't noticed that. You know, you get to see their equipment. You get to see what their gloves look like, the bats and stuff, and, and the gloves. I mean, some of them were really tiny. They, they were saying, no wonder these guys use two hands to catch the ball because the glove was barely, you know, anything. But with um, 
with Yogi, you know, you can see that his mask and the leather mask. And it's like, dude, imagine wearing that thing, you know, that leather mask pressed up against your face for, for nine innings and that with the wool uniform. Like these dudes, bro, compared to what it is today, man, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like dude, these guys, it, it's it's amazing. I used to walk four miles yeah. to school <laughs> on, broken, I, on broken glass, yeah. uphill both ways. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I got to mention something about this set. And this is what I think in a, in general, why I like vintage cards over the newer stuff in general, just, just me personally, mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm flipping through trying to look for things that you say, is there anything else? I get to this one page. And in a row, there's eight cards on a page because these are a little bit bigger than 57 up. We'll get into that another day. Mm -hmm. But so there's eight cards on a page. And I'm looking at, in a row, Eddie Matthews, Warren Spahn, Red Sandies. Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. On the same page. And you're like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, I mean, and then the next, and I'm looking two pages down. And they're like, oh, there's Bob Feller and Duke Snyder on the same page. Right. They're like, what? <laughs> like what? I mean, they creased, yeah, but so what? You know, I mean, it's just, gotcha. I can't explain it. It's going to take forty years to have that same feeling with stuff that's new. Right. Yeah, but now, hopefully there are pages like that down the road. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. You know, you're <laughs> gonna have Lamelo Ball, Zion Williamson, and right, exactly, exactly, John Moran. You know, Jason Tatum, all Hall of Famers, and it's just sometimes you look, you step back, you're like, whoa, yeah. you know, and it's just kind of cool. So, talk to me, Tone, about the '64 card black and white set. You know, why Bowman decided to have two sets in 1953. You know, one wasn't good enough. You know, we had to have 64 cards of a black and white set. Why the hell did they do that? <laughs> yeah well i think he um well he overestimated the the sales for this you know groundbreaking set and i think like circling back you know with the tops that they kind of had like that comic book corky had said before we were recording they had like that comic bookish looking you know style to it mm -hmm. so that's gonna appeal to a kid more so than probably a photo who and let's be honest those photos yeah they're in color and stuff but they don't have a name on it so the kid's they might not know who the heck that guy is. Yeah, you know I mean, so can I interject in that sure. for one second? I'm sorry. I mean, the, oh, I'm gonna cut you off. You want to know why they don't know who it is? What, what didn't exist? Yeah, <laughs> this no television. You listen to the games on <laughs> the radio, so yeah. they couldn't tell if that guy was in prison. They right. don't know who the players are. They know what they hear. They right. didn't have television to watch a game, so yeah. they're listening to these games. They see these guys' faces. They might go to a game, their local team, they might recognize their face. Mm -hmm. But most of these kids didn't have televisions. They'd see it in the newspaper, maybe a picture or a magazine. Yeah. But they're common guys. They wouldn't even know what they are. Sorry I'm interrupting. No, I no, just, no. Yeah. I just, it's, it's just, I just it's popped into my head. Yeah. No, for sure. It's something to think about. But, you know, circling back to the to the black and white set, you know, given Bowman's lifestyle, um, you know, maybe there was money. But with the set not selling as well as it anticipated, um, he probably figured they would pull the plug, roll out the black and whites. Let's just try and save something because I got a, you know, I got a cruise lined up or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I got to roll on that, uh, that Titanic. I heard that's unsinkable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a hot tip. <laughs> so it's just, you know, another one of these things that when you start digging into the vintage and, and just hearing stories from back in the day, that it's just like that would. I wouldn't say never happened today, but it's been like that'd be really tough for for these kind of things to go on. But or maybe they do, and I just don't know it. But still. So, what else do you think about this set? I mean, you guys glanced through it. You started doing some information. What do you guys think about it? I I think it's cool. Like I want that Pee Wee Reese card. That's on my like I have my Target vintage targets, and I and that's definitely a card that I want because it, like it's just a cool looking card. It's an iconic card. And it's it can be had. You know, it's not. Yeah. That's the thing. It's it can it's be had. not. Yeah, it can I, be had. And it and and when you have it, it's a cool conversation piece. Somebody who doesn't know anything about cards, it's just a cool looking picture. Because first of all, it's a little guy that looks like he's jumping like through the roof. Like you know what <laughs> I mean, so it's like, what is that? And then you know, you can tell you can tell a story. So I'll tell you what. I mean, I I won't lie to you. I bundled it with two other cards from a guy. 
And I said, what do you need? I paid 180 bucks for it. Okay. That's what I paid. Yeah. Now, it might be a two. It has great centering, but there's a crease right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Who cares? I mean, I... Like yeah. when you flash it up, I can't, you know, I mean, obviously if it's in your hand, you know, but when right. you flash it up on the screen, I mean, it looked perfect. You know, it like looks, I said, the centering is great. The color, there's no marks, there's no paper loss. It's just a crease in the middle. He goes, can you give me 200? I said, how about 180? He goes, done. Yeah, but dude. I mean, a perfect, you're probably, you're looking gr- two, three grand for a soup, like a seven, an eight. Not, I mean, easy. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's all relative. You can get what you want. If you're happy with the conversation, it's not perfect. You can keep this collecting relatively sane. Yeah. Does that make sense? Now, some other tidbits about the set. There are actually three players that are not in the set. That kind of makes it interesting. Now, these three players, Ted Williams, Willie Mays, and Jackie Robinson. Um, Court, tell me why these three guys. (laughs) There's more than that. There's, there's more than that. Mm -hmm. And, um, one reason is like we could almost do a show. I'd love if we can get enough knowledge or information gathered together to do a show on the signing of contracts for these cards. There's guys that collect that, which would be super cool to find. I've seen once in a while that guys actually have the contracts from the card companies with the autograph of the player on it. Yeah. That's super cool. But I I've seen one or two of my lifetime. Uh, we might see them when we go. Um, but they sign a contract with some of them were exclusive. I only want to be with one company. I want to only be with Tops. I only want to be, well, Tops has been good to get me. They gave me $1,000 or whatever. Jackie Robinson, biggest name in sports at that time. I'm sure he got more than Joe Schmo, mm-hmm. you know, for signing with Tops. And maybe he felt loyalty or. Hey, if you get, we give you this, you're only going to be with us. They probably didn't do that with Al Cronin or whoever, you know, <laughs> can we put you in? Sure. Go with whoever you want. Who cares? Earn another 20 bucks or whatever. But they were all exclusive and some made their own deals. Ted Williams was a known kind of abrasive dude, unfortunately, mm-hmm. like what, you know, and if he didn't like what you were offering him, then I'm not going to go with you. I mean, he knew his star power, so he was with Tops. You know, down the road, he ended up being on his own with Fleer, for goodness sake, that didn't even have a license to do anything. He just made his own set of him, (laughs) which is kind of wacky. We can look at those one day, but that's kind of wacky. But, yeah, I mean, and who was the other player? I forget who he said. Willie Willie Mays. Willie Mays, again, what year is that, 53? Was he in the service in 52? Was he away that year? No. There's a year that he missed. There is. There is a year that he missed, and unfortunately, I don't have that in front of me. But, I don't have. I don't know. know what year he missed. I don't. But know he what is year in the '52 Bowman, right? Yeah, he's yeah. In, he's in '52 Bowman. I just got that. In the I just got that the other day in that in a trade. Right. Yeah. But, we'll um, talk about that. Yeah. Here soon, but um, and the, the crazy thing too, another thing with that, with that, with this set is that since the league was almost all kind of it was small back then, it, you know, you didn't really have. All you weren't, weren't going all the way far out west, so like they took all the pictures in two places in New York. I mean, sure. like the NL was at the Polo Grounds and the American League was at Yankee Stadium. So like if you look if you look at the pictures closely, for the most part, everybody's gonna have a road uniform except for the Yankees and the, you know the Giants and stuff. So it's <laughs> it's crazy. That that is pretty neat. I mean, think about it. Nobody went past the Mississippi. Yeah. It's 1953. There's not one team past the Mississippi. Wow. So, I mean, that's hard to imagine, but that's the truth. I mean, St. Louis is on this side, isn't it? Wouldn't that be the most West team at that time? At absolutely. that time, probably, yeah. yeah. Detroit, that's on this side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's so. the, farthest, the farthest West you went was St. Louis. <laughs> that was good yeah. for, like, you know, you could just hire one photographer and you're good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. I mean, and that's, that's why sometimes, really you know, you think about it like these dynasties that were created, like even say like the Celtics back in the days, they won all these championships with Bill Russell and, uh, you know, Bob Cousy and that. But then you see like there was only a couple teams in the league at that time. You know the what Fort, I mean? So, the Fort Wayne, what were they? The Fort Wayne somethings or 
yeah, <laughs> whatever, yeah. It, whatever it was, it was like easy to get, you know, nine yeah. championships when you, <laughs> you had a one in 10 chance. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're like... playing against like Redding high. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, these, these guys, these guys we, we glorify them, you know, the, you know, say like, you know, the Yankees and, and, the, and the teams like that, but it's like, you know, they almost had like these kind of dream teams, these super teams back in the day and they create these dynasties and it's, you know, it's just it's circumstance. Was Mickey Mantle the best player ever to play? I don't, I don't no. know. Yeah, no. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm i not into vintage like the, that. He wasn't the best player then. So how? Really okay, good. so let's explain it. You know, are we getting back to the high thing then? Like, Absolutely. because how can you explain, City. you know, his his card be selling for, you know, multi-million dollars? You know, it's the most expensive baseball card, the 52 Mantle. It was the high. It's Mike Trout. Mike Trout's a great player. I mean, he's a great player now. He might be one of the best players now. But now you now all of a sudden one of our homegrowns, I mean not homegrown, but Bryce Harper, now people are starting to go, eh. But then again, what Robert Acuna, I mean Acuna or Juan Soto. I mean, you can name other players. Back then they'd say mantle. Well, again, it's a different era, different mindset, different marketing strategy. Best team, I mean, well, that's the thing. Right, I was about to say, it's, it's they were on the best team. Like he had, they, that's they, why they were, they were some ballers. I mean, you know I mean, true baseball fans say Willie Mays was hands and shoulder, head and shoulders better than M M Mickey Mantle. But mm -hmm. circumstances at that time, you know, the, wouldn't allow that to be, sure. and that's not cool. But it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, marketing wise, marketing wise. But was he the best player? Probably. Probably. I mean, at the time for a home run here, the only one you can say was the best player without question is Babe Ruth because he hit more home runs than teams did. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, crazy. You, you can't really argue that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what just happened? I only have one more thing about this set that is mm -hmm. interesting for people to know with the color. Um, the color version of these um, 53s, again, I'm not sure if it was in a separate series or what but the color version like cards number 113 to the 160 number are two to three times more expensive than the beginning hmm. i don't know why you think <laughs> um, it's a scarcity you know like that whole it's obviously a scarcity but is it like another series came out did they print less of them was there a print sheet i mean obviously the printing process is on sheets and they get cut mm-hmm did they go one out of four? Was that? I don't know. There's supposedly in the early print runs, there was three card strips. It said up to number 112 that were given out on top of the boxes to like the sales, like to the grocery stores. Boy, I'd love to get a three card strip with the mantle on it. What would that be worth? <laughs> Good Lord. You yeah. know, um, but um, it seems like if they came out later in the year to add cards to the set and just put them in, you don't know. Cause there's no, there's no rules. Right. I mean, there is no rules. Hey, you put the, so what we can do what we want. Stupid gum with cards <laughs> on it. Nobody, yeah. nobody collect. No, it wasn't like for collecting cards. Trying to sell this gum. God damn it. All right. So cork wrapping it up, mm -hmm. you know, for collectors out there who like to compete, complete sets, you know, you know, build, set collectors, set builders, um, you know, is this, would you recommend this set? It's an affordable one, I believe, right? Like, is this the set? I that... would, I would have, I mean, if you're going to collect Bowman, um, there's only what, 48, 49, seven, eight years, mm -hmm. five, seven, seven years, I guess it's seven or eight years that there's Bowman cards, vintage. I mean, not the new stuff that, that top zone, I'm talking right. the real stuff. And this one might be one of the easier ones to do that's mo the most attractive, 53, 54, and 55. You get back before that, you're talking some serious, serious cards that don't even exist in tops. Right. I mean, if you got the money and you're interested in even low condition, you can. we're going to get into those years. And honestly, in my opinion, that stuff is way underrated. I mean, people always like the flash, but there's some stuff in there that's just priceless, in my opinion. But um, we'll get into that another day. But this would be a good, if you're a serious collector, 
and you want to collect them to complete sets, you could do this set relatively easily without spending a ton and ton of money. Your big hitters are going to be the Pee Wee Reese, the Mantle, and the three-card picture of Mantle and um, Barra. But there's other stars in there that aren't going to be cheap. Don't get me wrong, because the high numbers elevate the cost. The Whitey Four book price is five hundred. I don't have that one, but with a crease, you probably get it for a hundred bucks. Yeah, seventy five hundred. If you don't mind buying a hundred dollar card with a crease in it. Yeah, but it's not an outrageous yeah. like the fifty two tops. It's not an outrageous. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the thing, Oz. That's what I'm saying. It's like you could live with yourself spending the money to have this. Yeah, Does that makes sense. And I don't see it. It's None of these sets, like we talked about in shows before, are not going to go down in value. They're going to mm-hmm. stay flat when the market gets a little stupid, mm-hmm. but they'll keep creeping up. This is you like know? a uh, bang for your buck type set. I think so. Yeah. I think gotcha. so. You know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I said I want my peewee. <laughs> I th- you know what? I'll, I'll wait till we get into what we're going to talk about next today. But I want to bring up. You would ask me a question. I just thought of it. Go ahead. So um, this set definitely was something to look into. It's really cool. Nice. Now, now, Court, real quick, we were just, you know, talking about the market. Obviously, it goes up, it goes down. You being the collector that you are, the vintage collector, you know, is it is it affecting you? You know, it's not it affects a lot of the flippers out there and, you know, the people that are are looking to invest and stuff like that. But, you know, the collector that you are, how, how is it affecting you? I think it's helping me. Because <laughs> I'm seeing, I, I do, and I, I not, I mean, I, I, and you guys, I shouldn't say you didn't make fun. You laugh at the niche I have because I'll put those dollar cards on. They go to five, six bucks. People still are spending five, six bucks a card, but I'm watching people that, for lack of a better term, jumped in without really knowing what they were buying, mm-hmm. and now they're panicking, and they're selling their stuff off, mm-hmm. and they're selling it lower. They're selling older stuff, especially in lower condition. Well, uh, this guy wants to upgrade. The example, I just got that 52 Willie Mays yesterday. It didn't cost me anything. Right. It was a trade, which I don't usually do often, but I didn't wasn't disappointed in downgrading what I had in condition-wise to get that. Because how you asked about me, I like to have one of each. I don't want, I like to not have paper loss. A crease or bad corners doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I don't like mustaches drawn on the guy's face unless it's one that he was wear, made himself, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. But um, how can I put it? I see that stuff staying at a low cost. And I see, I've been seeing cards that you didn't see listed at all mm-hmm. showing up. Does that make sense? Yeah, like mm-hmm. I've seen Clemente rookies on there, lower condition. Mm-hmm. Maybe not what you want. Before that, that was two, three. You didn't see them on there. Now, right. oh man, I need money. My my gas is five times what I was paying. Mm-hmm. Do I really need this card? I paid right. three and a half. I paid three point five, uh, three thirty five hundred dollars for it. Oh well, I'll take two grand for it. Right. And I I think that. The higher end stuff, I think, is coming down, but your low stuff, I think, is staying. Do Do you think like a lot of these collectors, it's like they realized they didn't get out on top of the market, and it's going down. So a lot of these higher end cards, they're kind of like, man, if I don't get rid of it now, it's gonna go down in value. So I got to get what I can get, you know, as yeah. opposed to because uh, let, let's keep it real. A lot of these collect. I mean, there's some young guys out there that collect the vintage and have, you know, awesome vintage collections. But for the most part, these guys have been holding on to these cards for their entire lives. They've been collecting, you know, for 30, 40, 50 years. And the market blew up two years ago. And then people were in their ear. Hey, you need to start selling your stuff. And, you know, when you got guys with with diamond hands that are, you know, not willing to let go of these cards and then they watch their card values go up. You know, five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars at the at the you know top of the market a couple of years ago, and now all of a sudden you see it thirty, twenty five, twenty, and it, and it, as each day goes, you know, on it keeps dropping and dropping. So now it's like, like you said, you're seeing these cars that are coming up. Like, damn, if I don't get rid of it now, I'm gonna go to the grave with these because they're not gonna be worth 
you know, so if I'm going to make any money, I got to sell now. Like you said, I'm, they start to panic. I, I agree. But I'm seeing guys on there that are new and their prices are stupid. Yeah. They think, they think, <laughs> oh, well, I, this was $10,000 yesterday. Well, it's 50 bucks. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, I, I mean, no, it's not mint. You, they're looking at the highest price they saw anywhere with a gem mint 10 and theirs has a mustache on it. Well, your mustache card isn't worth a gem mint 10. <laughs> 53 man it's not yeah but these guys have had these cards and they've hear these numbers and they're they don't have any information it's not like they're trying to be greedy they don't have any information they haven't they're not knowledgeable of what the market really is and that's it's sad for them because they're excited to think they you're going to get this big windfall and what they really have is probably okay about a money and but they sometimes feel that they're being insulted when you make a an offer that is fair per the market if that makes sense you know and that's it is what it is because you can't just give it's not a bank you can't just cash it in at an atm and get what you think it's worth yeah you know it's all it's all market driven so it's only worth none of these cards are worth anything unless somebody's going to give you the money to pay for them yeah i mean they're worth nothing yeah you know it's just cardboard yeah, Oz, that's a good question because up until now we had talked to other collectors who hadn't been in the game as long as Corky has. So like, it's interesting to get his take on it because it's you know you've seen these kind of not the super super boom, but you've seen these you know ups and downs, and we see it you know on Instagram more and it's more of newer collectors like you know, us or guys have been in or out and then we're back in again. But it just it's interesting to hear hear take on that because. Like now you're, I figured I, I know you're racking that you could be racking up if you want to. And when I say racking up, it's, you know, in, in the market, you deal with those dollar to $10 cards that then you turn into a hundred and $200 cards. This ain't like, I don't think this dip is like the dip we had when we were kids. Right. Because they just pumped out so much crap. The stuff yeah. you can wallpaper with. That's not what's happening here. Well, the only reason it kind of is, but people are a little smarter to the game because there's a lot of junk being printed. But there's junk being printed, yes. But that's always what right. I'm saying is, I don't think the card market created this dip. The economy created the dip. Right. The card market didn't shoot itself in the foot; it got shot. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So once the economy picks up again, I don't think the card market is going to stay dead. I think you might see a bump again because the way they make that new stuff that's expensive, but you pull the jewels out. Everybody loves to gamble. They're not yeah. going to stop. I mean, they got that down with the gamble and that stuff and that's, and the vintage guys can just keep strolling along, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, it's like I mean, right what now, what do you guys think? I mean, what do you guys coming? Think? Football's coming. So <laughs> yeah, everybody's but what do you guys think? quarterbacks, baby. Exactly. Do you think I'm, I mean, am I off base with this? I mean, you say you guys are quote unquote younger collectors. I don't know what, what do you guys think? I'm damn near 50. What you talking about younger collectors? Oh, I know I'm 55. So we're the same bucket. Dude. Yeah, you know, but no, I, I get what you're saying. You know, it's something that, you know, I collected when I was younger, but had a big gap as to when we got back into it. Um, It's, it's just, you know, I, I really, I, I explained to a lot of people when I really think about it is, I believe a lot of the people they came in, they wanted to make money, you know, overnight. They seen the card market, they seen the boom, and they it, and it, and at that time you could just get a card and it was just the very next day it would go up five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, hundred bucks. It didn't matter if you were in the game, you could make money. So everybody was coming in to become an overnight millionaire, and then you know we had the dip. A lot of people got scared off. Oh, this isn't going to work. So then they they leave. And now the people that are left, they're more experienced. They know the game. They know, you know, when somebody's pumping and dumping, they know when somebody, you know, is full of it. They know what cards are, you know, if it's a modern card, you know, I definitely want to go with something that's low serial number, you know, that has, you know, some uh, maybe, you know, on card auto. So everybody's going for the particular things now. So a lot of the cars that were all hyped up, especially base cards even <laughs> of course if uh you know a luca rookie was going for eight thousand dollars you know it's not going to still be eight thousand dollars as far as a base card it's going to drop in value but you know at that time people were like yo you can't lose with luca you know right mm -hmm. 
So those cars go from eight thousand to two thousand to fifteen hundred, sometimes eight hundred dollars. And everybody's like, "See, the car market is dying." It's like, no, that car should have never been that price to begin with. That was all, you know, the people coming in, hyping and flipping and 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 pumping, and people just got caught up in that market. And it was like, man, like I said, if if it was like, man, that uh, what's it what's it called? Um, what do we talk about it all the time? FOMO. Yeah. Yeah, the fear of missing out. Everybody had that FOMO going on, the fear of missing out, because it was like, dude, if we don't get this this card right now, I'm never. It's just gonna go up even more. You know, that eight thousand dollar base card is gonna be, you know, twenty thousand dollars once Luca wins, you know, a championship. So mm-hmm. right, and the thing is, there's always there's always another. I mean, that's why. Well, we've talked about that a hundred times. Yeah, I mean, it's I always the next one. But exactly. I mean, but yeah. like, I think you two prove. That sounds so silly to say proved. I don't mean it that way. I think a lot of people that were in it were not really collectors. They were investors. You can invest, be a collector and still invest. That's yeah. I'm not saying that. You, Tone, you collected McFarlane's when you were a kid. Yep. And you collected cards. Us. You collected cards. You collected toys. You, you're, you're reaching out into toys, the non-sports, the stuff you like. So you have that bug in you both, like I do. Right. So we like the cards. We like the sport. Like you don't like what I you like. I mean, that's why I keep tagging you guys on the boxing sure. and stuff. That's not me. But that 1880 stuff, you like history and stuff. That's like, well, this is super cool. I might grab these. If you only spent 500 bucks and got them, at some point, you'll get your $500 back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, if we keep having what we're having, it's only going to be worth about 350 because inflation <laughs> keeps going up. But I mean, you know, sorry of that. But yeah. you know what I mean? But that's something you like. You make a display like you have in the back of your thing with those old. You get some of them out, like I said to you about those Allen Ginters and that. Sure. Where are you going to get them? They're 140 years old, dude. 150 <laughs> years old, almost. Like these Bowmans, I don't think about it because, like you said, you're darn near 50. I'm 55. They're 70 years old next year. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's a it's generations behind. We have no concept of how they even thought. You know, yeah, so. yeah, it's crazy. But um, hey, so Cork coming down the home stretch here. Yeah, no problem. Um, by the time this airs, we'll be about two weeks away from national. So, you know, just real quick before we get out of here, just talk about what you're looking to to just get into or accomplish, or what you know, what what's what's the deal? Strategy, game plan. Yeah, I'm excited to meet some of these people that you ha- you've had on the podcast. To be honest, mm-hmm. some of the people that I've kind of met on Facebook on all these wonderful groups I've talked about and pushed for people that don't really collect or don't understand. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are going to be a national man. And it's going to be cool to be face to face with them, build relationships with them. You guys have such an advantage starting this pod. You met all these, it's going to be awesome. You're going to be like celebrities when we go, and you're going to be there two days before me. It's going to be awesome. I have to bring those red petals out. Like in coming to America. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, it's going to be awesome. But, um, yeah. Card-wise, I think we were talking the other night when we were trying to get this thing going. Um, I might look for a couple traded sets from early, um, like early 2000s. I might look for the mm-hmm. Pujols. I might look for the Miggy. Um, I might. And then I thought of something else I want to look for, which might be cool for us to look at. I'm interested in trying to get wrappers for each set that I had. Okay. And when you see how much they cost, you'll be like, shut up. <laughs> it might be two hundred fifty dollars for one of these fifty-three rackers. Yeah, I believe it cost that much. Yeah, those are probably more rare than. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I have yeah. a few sick late. I'm I'm back to like late sixties, but I'd love to get at least one fifties one down there. Gotcha. It might cost me a hundred, hundred, just to have just to get started. You know, you know that, I mean? that that to me that cork that's so dope. You know what I mean? Like if you have the binder and you have the whole set, and then you just have like you know you're taking it next level. Now you got the wrapper for that particularly you know one that was opened up i think that that's i love that yeah, yeah. i mean I, that's i mean i even got i got comic book backers and it's put it in the front of the set like nice. so like you can nice. see it but i don't want to keep like there's guys if you saw you probably see them they'll grade boxes like sure. um i forget who does it but they'll grade the box again just like the mcfarlands it's tough to display all this stuff yep. if you have the boxes and that but these right. they can still be tucked away and when we're dead and it's turning into dust and they open this up and they're at an auction to go oh 
here's a binder we have. I mean, here's a 53 wrapper we got to put up for auction. Right. And then the kids are raking in the coin because it's got a lot of value. Yeah. You know. Hey, and corporate one, one last thing before I throw it to Oz again, just thanks for joining us. And today when you guys are going to check him out on YouTube, Corky is uh, sitting in his museum and he's got a whole bunch of vintage beer <laughs> bottles behind them. And it's like, you know, if you go to Corky's house, man, it's like, it's getting into DeLorean yeah, and there's tons of stories. I don't know about there. that, man. And, and some um, of this stuff is so goofy. I mean, some of this stuff is really, really good. But it's all stories, man. And it's like, you yeah. know, and that's that's what this is all about all the time is the stories. I'll tell you what, boys, yeah. I know it's spreading out a little bit, but we got to get that Brian Bradley on from work. Um, mm. He does metal detecting stuff. I'll tell you what, between that. between mailmen and teachers, there's a lot of collectors. <laughs> Dude, there's collectors nobody's nobody's working. Nobody's delivering the mail. Nobody's teaching the kids. You guys are all we're on the phone. We're on the phone all day talking yeah. about. Oh, bro, kids. you got to see Corky at the yeah. office. All he does, he goes. <laughs> he's at his case, pretending to you know case the mail, and all he's looking at is really is his packages that have just come in for the day. And he's open. Yo, Oz, yo, Oz, come here. Check this out. Check this out. Look what I got. You know, it's like Christmas every day before Corky. It's oh my God. It hasn't been as much. Now. Remember that day the 52s came in that were graded? Yes. Uh, the Pafco and the um, and the Yogi Berra. Uh, man, that's, that a, that's, like a, that's a true mail day, bro. That's a oh, true that was, mail day. day. I was liking that. That was a mail day. That was perfect. <laughs> so what do you guys – now, you keep asking me the questions. You guys run this show. But what are you guys looking for when you get down there? I mean, you really haven't – you've been holding it tight to the vest here. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for me – like my plan is I have no plan. <laughs> I know Tony got like this super master plan. You know what I mean? It's all detailed and stuff like that. But, you know, lately what I've been doing, I just been going with, with my heart, bro. But whatever, whatever moves me, you know, I've been buying cars. I've been buying toys. I've been buying collectibles, memorabilia, just different types, just, just branching out. Like I said, from the, the, the different people that we spoke to Mike Hefner, you know, and people like that. And when they talk about their collections and, you know, just, historic stuff stuff that um it's not readily available you know I'm, I'm i'm not about that stuff that if somebody else can get it like right now just go on ebay and just pick it up i'm like eh, it's not it's not moving me the way if you know if something that's just more rare you know and like i said it could be anything uh but yeah i'm just gonna that's go cool. down there for and the, and the main thing is just to see people man it, this is the super bowl of the hobby but yo just going down there. The hobby is the people. Thank you, John Newman. And <laughs> just getting getting in touch and meeting these guys that we, you know, we've been talking to and just having a great time these last couple months. It, it's gonna be awesome to go ahead and, and meet up with them. Oh, absolutely, man. I think so. What about you, Mr. Organization? <laughs> yeah, I have a plan. Whether I stick to it is is another thing. So I mean, I have like this real cool little map, but that doesn't mean, you know, but no, I, I just I, I want to try and I want to try and definitely hit up. Um, hit some spots on my Clemente run that I'm trying to put together. But after that, like I'm right with Oz too. It's like when I first started, I wanted anything and everything. And then now once you get a little more hip to the game, it's like, like you said, if I can just pull up eBay and find 50 copies of whatever it is, then that means everybody else can. So I, I, I'm really digging conversation pieces. Like that's kind of like in the back of my head. It's like when you come here and I can pick up whatever, you're like, oh, what's that? And I can tell you about it as opposed to like if I pick it up and you go, oh, yeah, you know, he has it. I have it. You know, I'm getting another one next week. So the the conversation piece is that something that's sticking in the back of my mind. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's a, it's a perfect storm that's that's heading into this this uh, into the national. So we, we just like I said, I don't have a plan. I'm just going to whatever. You don't know if guys are going to be there getting rid of stuff to get rid of it. Yep. You don't know how. Here's the other thing. These are big time dealers. You don't know how much they're hedged on stuff they bought. Yeah. So they could be hedged on buying new product that they owe. They might owe top $30,000. <laughs> yep. You don't know. I mean, you had the guy on that talked about, I forget the dealer. One of the first dealers said about, look, I'll go out and spend for a collection to keep a card because I know I'm going to turn it. But yeah. spending 50 grand on boxes that are sitting there. I can't do that. Remember, he was talking about knowing sure. that you don't yeah. want to you don't want to extend yourself on credit mm -hmm. just because you say you don't. I bet you there's 20, 30 guys in there sweating their balls off. Sorry, <laughs> because they're overextending on what they bought and it ain't moving. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. unopened boxes, because those kids 
that were gambling right now are licking their wounds, in my opinion, in some yeah. of them. So you might get deals that way. Always a blast when the cousins and Corky get together. I absolutely love talking about these older sets, doing the research, and finding out interesting facts forgotten over time. Once again, thanks to the Corkmeister for providing his insight. We love you, brother. And don't forget to check us out at Cousins underscore Collectibles. Give us a follow and make sure you subscribe and watch our YouTube episode that drops every Thursday. And as always, keep focused, keep positive, and keep collecting. Hey, yo, Tone, bring the beat back. <laughs>